Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Local Hour. We are previewing cornerbacks and safeties, those defensive backs. We're talking about them today. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Local Hour. McKinney looks, sets it a pocket, throws open, receiver, touchdown! Colonels, we're not done yet! Our identity is we're going to press for 40 minutes, we're going to play up-tempo, we're going to play with unbelievable passion, and then our brand is the most exciting 40 minutes in sports. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Local Hour, presented by Mad Mushroom Pizza, located right across the street from campus. Mad Mushroom Pizza has been serving Colonel since 2016, and they're available to serve you tonight. As you're watching the show, you can call in or order online, madmushroom.com. Use the code SPORTS5 if you're ordering online to get $5 off your order of $20 or more, or go into the store, call it in however you want, mention the Sports Stove Podcast. You're going to get $5 off your order of $20 or more. Mad Mushroom, feed your head, and we're feeding your EKU fix tonight. I'm Vince Stover, joined by Ryan Jackson. Rhino, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Just came back from a nice little trip, had me a good practice today, and uh, glad to be back home. Now, you had to spend some time with Parker. I know as a defensive lineman, that's never fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, I know Coach Coach didn't make the trip um, down, uh, so I saw uh, A.D. Roan was with you. Of course, Rickson was there as well. Um, uh, was, it, was that basically who it was, or I guess uh, – uh, one other person, our cameraman, Corey Rush. Corey Rush can't leave out Crush Hour. Uh, Corey does a great job uh, getting you guys uh, lots of publicity, uh, doing an awesome job. Well, let's start there with the media day uh, for the United Athletic Conference. Last week, I called it the A-Sun. I apologize to anyone offended. Um, I couldn't think off the top of my head what we were calling it this year. So uh, United Athletic Conference media day. Was it down in Texas this year? It was in Dallas, Texas. In Dallas. All right. So tell us about it because you got to go uh, and spend some time down there. What was it like down there? It, it was an absolute uh, blast. I can't lie. It was so much fun. Uh, the venue is the one thing that stood out to me the most because it was like a bar at the bottom half of the the venue, but at the top was like an arcade. You could play p- ping pong. You could play bowling. It was a huge venue. Now, they only gave us – 50 game credits to play on but you know that we should have spent them a little bit better it was it was good getting to really sit and talk with parker because yes we've been teammates for the longest but we've never really had one-on-one time yeah so it was good listening in on him listening to our ad matt wrong it, it was just a, a great fun experience i got to meet some other the players that i'll be competing against so it was just a great time did you get asked any uh weird questions I, would, I wouldn't say weird. Uh, we had that little uh, pick six that was weird questions back and forth with, with the would you rathers. But uh, no, I wouldn't say any weird question. The weirdest question is who talks more crap between uh, me and Parker McKinney. And <laughs> probably me. I'll say, I don't think Parker <laughs> talks that much. So, uh, I mean, he does, but he doesn't talk a whole lot of crap, it doesn't seem like. You'd be surprised. If Parker, yeah. get, if, if Parker gets uh, mad or chippy, uh, he can talk with the best of them. So tell me this, Parker, Madden, Chippy, the best kind of Parker, or is he better when he's uh, calm and collected? Par- Parker is the best in any circumstance where he can compete. Whenever okay. he, is the, he is the biggest competitor on the team. Yeah. When it comes to just winning in general, he's he's down for. So it doesn't matter if he's 
frustrated or he's calm, cool, and collective. He's always locked in on the game. Always locked in. Uh, tell me about these uniforms. They, they got uh, they they presented them out a couple weeks ago. Um, you guys have been modeling them here and there as well. Mm-hmm. Social media posts uh, here yesterday or today again as well. I love the combo: the white helmet, white pants, and and the the maroon jersey. Um, everybody pretty happy with the way the jerseys turned out. People are loving the jerseys, not just because of the nice little photo shoots we're doing, but people are loving them. They feel better. Uh, it's just, it's just nice to have something newer. It feels good. Yeah. Our, our basketball program is getting new uniforms this year. Everybody's so excited about it. Uh, (laughs) you know, it's, uh, we already showed them what they look like. So nobody went, Ooh, gross. So that's always good. Um, but, uh, I know, so I'm a Packer fan. And uh, Aaron Rodgers used to talk about the pants. Uh, the pants they wore for their throwback jerseys did not have a stripe on the on the legs. And he said those pants were more comfortable. There weren't any seams or anything like that. Um, is that are those kind of things noticeable to you and on uniforms? Uh, the only the only thing I'll notice with uniforms is if the jersey's actually tight or not. Pants mm. you can just get the whatever size you need to fit. But yeah, jerseys it, it just depends if it's tight or loose for me. Okay, and tight is better or no? It depends. It, tight okay. jerseys are good because they're hard for them to hold you, but it's also hard right. to put. Okay, yeah. On and off probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I always felt bad for offensive linemen with tight jerseys just because, you know, they don't usually look uh, the best in tight jerseys. <laughs> but uh, that, I think at some point, on an offensive line especially, maybe D-line some, but I think as an offensive line especially – you kind of give up on you don't really care how you look because it doesn't matter. You're there for for a purpose. You're supposed to be big. It's just the way it's supposed to work, right? Their, their drip isn't atrocious. Well, some people can put uh, some good stuff on, but yeah, our old linemen they're they're better at playing than. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, today we're talking about uh, the defensive backs, and we're going to be talking. We've got Mike Dietzel coming on in just a few minutes, Chris Franklin, and then Mike Smith Jr. will close us down today. Um, and, uh, you know, it's an interesting group because there's been a fair amount of transition, uh, new guys coming in and things like that over the last two years, really, at the defensive back position. Uh, and it's been true with the whole team, but it seems like especially – uh, veteran guys or leadership guys have kind of the last two years, they've lost them at the end of each year. I and mean, Joe sales is gone this year off the team. who was around for a while. Um, and it's kind of a, a relatively new, new group. There's, there are some returning guys. Let's start with the generalities. So being just in general, the defensive backs this year, what's the personality like uh, in practice in the locker room, things like that. Those guys are, uh, if I had to put one word on them, they're they're uh, they're funny. They're a close knit group. The, all the DBs are because they've learned how to communicate a lot better. Mm. Thankfully, they had good coaches like Coach Dietzel and Coach C. Frank who have been able to keep them on track and make sure they're doing the right things. But for the group in total, they're they're just fun. They're funny to be around. The pool party yesterday, they're trying to throw people in the pool. Uh, it, it, they're just they're just a fun group, a fun exciting group to be around. Now, stereotypically, defensive backs. You think of receivers, you think divas. Um, you know, you think linebackers, especially middle linebackers. You think a little psychotic. Um, when you think of of defensive backs, cornerbacks, and safeties, what is the stereotype for for the defensive backs? Well, the first stereotype is they're usually pretty fast. Yeah, that's true. The easiest one, but uh, they're they're a lot more cocky. Okay. 
I, I would say, because you you got to be cocky. You have to have some type of confidence to play yeah. safety or corner. Or it won't go far. I, I think that's that's honestly a good trait if you're over, not overconfident, but if you're cocky in your performance. Yeah. As a D lineman, and as it relates to the DBs, you know, obviously they need you to get to the quarterback to make their job easier. Um, do you ever have in game in the past, have you ever had a situation where they're like, come on guys, get to the quarterback. And you're like, come on guys, cover the receiper. Uh, <laughs> like that. Yeah, they'll always be bickering on a team. Uh, we, we do a good job of trying to stay together. Uh, but there's, there's been times where I've seen a wide open pass get completed. You're like, dang. <laughs> but you could, you also have to think of it for me. I, I could have got a pass rush in. I probably could have yeah. gave him a couple more seconds. I remember two years ago, maybe the last home game um, that ended on a touchdown pass. It was kind of a heave at the end. And, uh, and the DB just got beat and uh, they heaved it up there, caught it. And that was the end of the season. I mean, was that's the, that's the way you walked off the field. Um, do you think – who do you think on the defensive side of the ball – because I think it's probably cornerbacks that has the hardest offseason because uh, those are – you get beat, you know, you get beat by a receiver, everybody sees it. Uh, you don't, If you see it as – you don't always see it with the D-line, right, there, that you get beat. Um, a coach does, but the average fan doesn't always see the the linebacker or the D lineman get beat, but everybody sees a cornerback get beat. Uh, would you agree that that's, that might be the hardest mental spot there on, on defense? So, uh, corner is one of the harder spots to play 1v1 against. I, mm-hmm. I, I think safety is one of the harder positions to play because not only do you have to know all the coverages, you, you're the last line of defense, and you have to make more open field tackles than just about anybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say safety is one of the harder because you you go from backpedaling to moving forward a lot more than that corner. Yeah. Um, the guys that are in the room this year, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this so that you can answer it without getting any flack from anybody. <laughs> um, uh, right now, we still got we still have a month before games start. Right now, what's the confidence level of those guys behind you? I, I think they're super confident. Uh I think they're confident in the abilities that they've they've been working hard. I, they, yeah. That's the one thing I will say that group has majorly improved their work ethic. That I, I think the safeties and corners, they, they've communicated a whole lot better. Even at our practice today, I was commenting on how much they communicated more. Mm. It, I think they've grown a lot. You don't have a whole lot of guys who are – from EKU from day one. Uh, you got Nick Cheeley, who's been around now. You've got Bembry, who's been around. Uh, Trey Gooden, I think, has been – he came in originally at EKU as well. But you got guys like Mike Smith, who's been been here in the program, but he's he's came from App State. You got K.J. Figures, who came in last year too. Uh, you got guys like Frankie West, who the, the expectation of Frankie West is out of this world right now. Is, is he going to live up to the expectations? Frankie got big shoulders. I mean, he he can carry all that weight. Uh, <laughs> Frankie is he. I hope I can't wait to watch him play. He's yeah, just, you can't wait to see him in the game. He's I, he's done everything in practice. He's committed to the team. He's bought in, and I'm I'm excited for him. He comes in from Illinois State, highest graded FCS defensive back last season. Um, uh, you know, we got they got guys that came in uh, from the ACC. Uh, Tony Davis. And he's he looks like he's got the size, uh, height at least, and size. I think he's 6'2", 195, at least listed 
online, which I learned last year probably means uh, probably six two, and he's probably a little heavier than he was when they weighed him when he first came in. More than likely, uh, it seems like strength and conditioning gets a hold of these guys, and they they throw on, throw on some pounds before the season starts. But um, you get those guys that come in that have this experience, uh, that have played other places and seen other things, and 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 some of them have have hit big strides like Frankie. Others are just still looking for that opportunity. We've talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were on the show, we talked about this idea of the transfers coming in. How do they do all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, when you get the guys that have come in from uh, higher programs, uh, FBS programs, things like that, how long does it take them to transition into knowing? I mean, they still haven't seen a game here, some of them. So uh, how long does it take them to transition, though, to, to understand that, hey, this is still football, this is still, you know, high-end football. Right. I, I think uh, transfers, the best thing for them to do when they first get there, buy into the culture. Mm. I think if you buy into the culture, your life will be much easier on the team in general. But then once, it get, once you break it down, football is football. No matter where you go, you just hear different terminologies for different schemes and different words for different formations. But football is just football. I think I think the biggest thing for transfers is – trying to buy into the program, trying to buy into the the culture that we're trying to build. And it's got to help that the staff's been here for so long now. Um, they have that culture established, and then you've got you guys that have been in the program and are carrying through that tradition as well. And you mentioned it before, and, and I know Coach has talked about it in the past too, this, the guys that they've brought in have been, you know, that are already gone now, but they brought in last year, year before, stuff like that. They did buy into the culture. They're the ones that succeeded. And uh, and I, I think that's a great point. In order for them to succeed at EKU, they've got to buy into what you guys are doing at EKU. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have on Mike Dietzel and Chris Franklin. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts before they're on the air. I want to get your thoughts on, uh, on, on, on these guys. Start with Dietz. Uh, Mike Dietzel, he has over 30 years of coaching experience. He's been in professional levels. He's been in all the levels of, of college as well all kinds of experience. What does a guy with that much experience bring to this team? Uh, Coach Dietzel, he, he's my guy. I love Coach Dietz. I met him first when uh, he was coaching at Ball State when he was recruiting. But then to see him come to EKU was even more exciting. He brings a lot of play experience because he can almost see the plays before they happen. Mm. And he's always adjusting, always commentating, always trying to make you better in any way possible. And it doesn't matter what type of person you are on the team he he's coached for so long he can help anybody and it's always good to have a guy like coach diesel and then chris franklin uh we brought him on last year as well he's he's actually adding some responsibility this year uh working with the special teams more uh he comes in and again i mean talk about the just the amount of change that he's had the turnover that he's had there in that group um well i know you like like coach Franklin. So what do you, what do you think about, about him? What does he add to the team? Frank, uh, that's that's one of my favorite coaches on the staff, honestly, just because of how real he is. Mm. He, since day one, he's always been real, real with just about everybody. And he's, he's himself 100% of the time. He's funny. He, he's good for the other corners because they're very relatable. And I feel like C. Frank has done a great job as a corners coach, not only like not only as a corners coach, but a coach in general because he does our signals. He he, he's just there for you. Like, see, Frank's just been awesome. <laughs> well, it's, I know it's neat to have a staff that's been together. Uh, you got some new guys on the offense this year, but uh, it's it's amazing that the staff has been together as long as they have. And uh, we've talked about it before. I think we're going to start seeing these guys slowly get picked off and hit off the 
other opportunities as the years continue to roll on, but that's a sign of success for the program uh, as well. So that's exciting. All right. I think we're ready for our first guest, uh, Ryan. So we're going to bring on the uh, safeties coach. He's also the assistant head coach. Uh, it is the one and only Mike Dietzel. Uh, hey coach, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear you just fine. Uh, I like that Nike swoosh. Uh, you, you, you fitting into the new, the new gear so far. Right. We're sporting a new swoosh, man. <laughs> now, right. You've been around uh, uh, all levels of football. How yeah. important is that kind of stuff have you seen to the to the athletes? Uh, I think it's real important in terms of uh, just uh, the type of commitment that they get in terms of, you know, gear and all that stuff. I know that uh, that's a big part of, of any athlete. They like, you know, what they're wearing and, and what they're representing and all that stuff. And I know, you know, how much stuff they can get is always nice because they want to be able to represent the school and the sport that they're playing. And, uh, I don't, you know, every, every, uh, group that you go with, whether it's Adidas or Nike or whatever it is, uh, all their gears a little unique and a little different and fits a little different. And some guys just kind of gravitate more towards, uh, one or the other. But, uh, I think everybody's pretty fired up about, uh, you know, going to Nike. Yeah, everything looks sharp. We talked about that a little bit earlier in the uniforms and and everything there. I want to start off with you, Coach, about uh, – because we're going to talk about safeties with you today. Um, you lose a leader in Joseph Sales uh, with graduation last year. Uh, you've seen a fair amount of turnover the last couple of years in the whole defensive backs uh, as well. How are the uh, – how's the leadership aspect stepping up this year in your room? It's good. It's getting a lot better. Uh, you know, I think – it's developed a lot through spring and then, uh, you know, over the summer and, you know, I've, I've told our guys and I know other coaches have said the same thing, but really the summer is such a critical time to build your team and build your chemistry um, because they're together, you know, so much over the summer and they're really committing uh, the workouts together and they're all working out together so they're helping each other, pulling each other along, and then they get to see the guys that uh, need to be picked up or the guys that need to be pushed, and then sometimes they need to get picked up or pushed. Uh, but that's when your team really starts to get uh, galvanized and really starts to come together, and that's when the leadership starts to really exert itself. Um, and it's you know, it's you got to lead from the front, and uh, that's where. Uh, in the summers, that's where it's really important, and that's when you can really see a team come together. Do you have a preference between playing two main guys or constant rotation of guys through when you're looking at the safeties? Well, it really just depends on the experience and it depends on the talent level. I do think we have a good quality group, and I do think we will probably play more uh, guys than we've played over the last two years since I've been here. Last year we played about three and kind of rotated through. We, we could potentially play four guys and, uh, you know, kind of work them through different things and different positions a little bit, and then also uh, based on game plan and stuff like that. Ryan, you got anything for Coach? I got more, but I'll, <laughs> I'll let you break. Uh, I got I to gotta ask, Coach. I want to be a coach someday, and you yeah. can come what 30 30 plus years yeah yeah you've done offense and defense which side of the ball do you prefer 
Well, I prefer defense. Just I play defense, so that's what I prefer. Uh, but it did help me to coach on offense. And then I've also coached special teams. So, you know, I think there's benefits to all of it. And really, coaching's coaching. And you can learn coaching on either side of the ball. And it, it makes you better. You know, I coach receivers and tight ends at one school. And then that helped me be a better DB coach. Because I knew how to to coach the other side of the ball. And mm -hmm. I knew what I was telling those guys. And then when I'm coaching on defense, I could say, well, here's what they're going to do. You know, they're going to try to look you off this way when they want to break away from it. And, and so, you know, I could, I could kind of give them some hints as to, you know, how you get coached on the other side of the field. So that, that's good. You know, you learn offensive – like if you coach offensive line, for example, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to learn blocking schemes and calls and those kind of things and footwork and stuff like that. And then you can kind of help that uh, to, to help you with coaching against it. If you ever coach back on defense again, got that versatility. It goes beyond the players. It goes to the coaches too. There's got to be versatility uh, yeah. on the entire staff. Uh, when you look at your, your safety group this year, what kind of versatility do you have, have in that group? I've got, uh, well, we've got really some really good athletes. Um, both size and speed. Um, so, you know, Nick Cheeley's coming back from last year and done a good job. And then we've also got Mike Smith, who played a lot last year. And then KJ Figures, who wasn't able to play because he was overcoming a shoulder injury. Uh, but he was in position last spring to really compete and was doing a heck of a job for us. And then he got hurt the last in the spring game. So then he had to have surgery, which took basically him through all the season, and he came back this winter. Uh, and he's basically right back where he was. So he hadn't really missed a beat. And then we got Tyreek Henderson, who was ineligible last year um, when he was transferred in and all that stuff. And so uh, – but he ended up practicing with us all year and did a great job practicing, and he's really shown a lot of – real in instincts and uh, he's a good player great communicator and has great instincts now he's played a lot of football because mm. uh, he played junior college he played he transferred in he was at northern illinois uh this guy's played a lot of ball so you know he uh he was just unfortunate last year but now he's ready to roll and uh i like all four of those guys right now those are our top two deep at this point and they're all four uh, very good players and really bring a lot to the table. Would you consider them to balance each other out, meaning some are stronger tacklers, some are better coverage guys? Um, are they all pretty equal in each area? Uh, and is that part of how you determine the rotation of how they're going to get in? No, I think I think a couple of them have strengths uh, in more coverage and a couple of guys are bigger, stronger. And we build the, 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 the uh, position that way. Um, the guys that are field safeties, a little bit more cover guys, the guys that are in the boundary, a little bit more tacklers and that kind of thing. And the reason for that is if you're into the boundary and you're over the ball, the running backs pop through the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, obviously they need to be able to tackle, uh, the running back that pops through the line quickly. Uh, if you're to the field, you have a little more time. And if you're to the field, you're in a little bit more coverage situations. Um, where you're out there covering number two, who's a fast receiver uh, versus twins and stuff like that. So 
those guys tend to be a little bit more cover oriented, but at the same time, I will train those guys back and forth that they'll have to learn both positions. Hmm. Um, so that obviously we can interchange them if we need to. And then obviously if there's ever injuries or anything like that, you got to be able to play your best guys and you may have to, you may have to trade. Now, the good news is from our system standpoint, they're kind of mirrored in a lot of ways. Uh, the, the two safeties are mirrored positions and you just kind of, and I try to teach them in the big picture standpoint so that they can kind of learn it that way. But, uh, but it, you still got to practice it because uh, you kind of major in one and minor in the other. And then eventually I'm just going to flip you over for the day or for a couple of days and say, all right, you're playing this position. You're playing this position for the next two days. And then just, you know, kind of get warmed up on it and uh, get used to it. That way, if we go into a game, they've done it. And then we don't have sure. to, it's not a big deal if something happens and you got to make a change swiftly, you know, during the middle of a game or something, they've at least worked together and they've also played the other positions. But part of it too is, you know, they got to play together. Um, and I tell, I tell those guys, we're the quarterbacks on the defense because we make a lot of the calls uh, that will then uh, affect the inside backers, the outside backers, and then obviously the corners outside of us. So we have a lot of communication to do, and that then that tapers down to the D-line because a lot of times the inside backers will then communicate to the D-line as well. So we've got to be able to be great communicators, and we've got to communicate with each other first because one of the safeties probably has to go down, the other one's got to be a deep player, or whatever the situation may be. And so they've got to be really good working together and giving each other alerts about formations and, hey, you know, be ready. They're going to run this or whatever the case might be. But they got to be great communicators across to, to each other first and then down below to the backers and then outside to the corners. Do you find – I know it depends on the player. It's always going to be an individual thing. But you got guys – Mike Smith came in from App State. You got guys came in from JUCO. Uh, and then you got Nick, who's been in the in the program, been in, been in DKU. Um, how hard is the transition, I guess, from high school to playing D one college at that level at safety? And then how easier? E I guess that's not the right word for it, but uh, the transition for guys who come in from um, winning JUCO championships or competing for JUCO championships, going to places like App State or or others, uh, bigger schools, I suppose. Is the transition easier? Is it just purely depending on the person? Well, a little bit of both. I think it's part on the person, but I'll tell you this. Um, I, and I can credit guys like Ryan and the guys that are here, Nick, Chile, and the guys that, uh, that are, that have been here for a couple of years, because with the uh, portal situation mm -hmm. being what it is today, uh, one of the things that most of the recruits say to us and a lot of the players say to us is that how receptive and how much of a family-oriented atmosphere that they feel when they get on campus with our players. Mm. And that really breaks down a lot of barriers and lets them be comfortable. And our guys, I even happened today, actually, in one of our workouts – where, you know, 
we talk about healthy competition and I want my older guys to help coach the younger guys. So it's not just me coaching them. They're getting coached by the upperclassmen and the other guys at that position, because that's how you build camaraderie and that's how you work together, but it's a healthy competition. And that really helps bring those guys along. But Ryan and a lot of these guys do a great job of incorporating them into the program and, and making them feel welcome right away. And the guys will tell you that come on their visits you know, well, what was one of the main reasons you just chose EKU? And they'll say, well, I just liked how those guys just seemed like they're really close and they were very welcoming and very uh, inclusive in terms of bringing us in and making us feel like we were part of it and one that wanted us here. And that's really, really important because that breaks down a lot of barriers because the worst thing can happen is if you, you have competition and it's a cold competition – from a standpoint of, you know, I'm not talking to that guy because I'm going against him and he might win that position. But what happens there then, if a guy makes a mistake, you know, he's all, he's isolated. And then it just compounds the negative thoughts and the negative reactions and all that stuff. But when you have an inclusive and, a, you know, you're getting coached by your peers and you're saying, hey, it's okay. Here's what you need to do better. Da, da, da. And then they can warm up to it and feel like they can improve. And it's not all just negative or isolated. It's it's brought together, and we're all working together here. Uh, if you're going to take one defensive lineman and make him into a safety, uh, who, who's it going to be? <laughs> I might pass on that one. I don't, know, I, don't know if I, got in. I don't know if I've seen anybody got the back pedal that I need back there, man. Yeah. <laughs> Rhino, I hate to I hate to burst your bubble, buddy. But I don't I'm know. Gonna a, I'm gonna play a hard flat. <laughs> now hey we will drop some d linemen though yeah we'll get a couple of calls and drop them d linemen now so yeah. that quarterback can't just sit there and re just feel like that zone's going to be open because then all of a sudden rhino's going to drop back there and take away that screen pass or something taking me one <laughs> <laughs> that's it ryan you got anything else for coach detail no, all right a last question i've got for you is about a player from last year Matthew Jackson, he transitions to safety this year uh, in the Titans camp right now. Um, when you look at we, – we've had Matt on several times, and we always love having Matt on. Uh, the talent level that he has to make that transition to the next level at safety, uh, what, what can you say about that? Well, here's the thing. You know, I, I've been fortunate to coach a couple of guys that have played in the NFL, and uh, he has – all the tools and he's going to make that team potentially off of special teams. Yeah. And, uh, the guys, the guys that I've coached that are playing in the NFL and that did play in the NFL, that's how they make it. They make it on special teams first, and then they have an opportunity to play with some depth and then potentially move on to, you know, another starting role or backup role, whatever it is. But he was a phenomenal special teams player yeah he was and that's where that's where he gained a lot of our coaching staff's confidence early on mm -hmm. and and the thing about him is he flies around full speed and he makes plays and i know the special teams coordinator there at uh, tennessee we worked together with coach wells at western kentucky and uh i know that he's um excited about him 
And it's just a matter of, you know, can he make the team or not, you know, yeah. based on other positions and all that. But I know this, he'll have a shot because he plays at with the great amount of intensity, with great speed. And uh, that's, and he, and here's the thing, you know, he's a guy that was an all American for two years and he was still begging to be on special teams. Hmm. And, and that's not common to be honest with you. You know, most guys, if they've had a lot of success on the field on offense or defense, they kind of want to gravitate away from it. He was just the opposite. We're like, no, we can't, you can't play on them all, man. <laughs> you know, he wanted to play on everything. Say, so yeah. No, nah, you can't play on all four of them because, you know, you're playing every snap on defense too now. You can't continue to play every snap on special teams. But he wanted to. Yeah. I mean, he just loves special teams. And that's, again, that'll give him a real chance to uh, have a chance to make the team. I like it. Uh, Coach, we really appreciate your time. We got to get on to the next guest tonight. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you around. Uh, I always appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. That's Coach Mike Dietzel, safety coach uh, there at EKU. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll be with the uh, DB coach, Chris Franklin. Uh, let's take a quick break. Let's hear a word from our sponsors, Mad Mushroom Pizza. Mad Mushroom Pizza is now a proud sponsor of the Sports Stove Podcast. Mad Mushroom, home of the original cheese sticks. Proudly serving EKU's campus, Mad Mushroom offers Colonel's Amazing Pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, and so much more. Next time you visit, tell them the sports stove sent you and you get $5 off any order over $20. Or visit online, madmushroom.com. And when you order, enter the code SPORTS5. SPORTS5, and you'll get that $5 off any order over $20. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. Welcome back into the Sports Stove Local Hour presented by Mad Mushroom Pizza. It's time now for our second guest of the night. He's the DB coach and the co-special teams coordinator, Chris Franklin. Hey, coach, how you doing? What's going on? What's going on? Brian O, what's good, baby? What's good? Uh, you, have you, you have to put up with, with Ryan in practice, or does he leave you alone and let you do your thing? <laughs> Man, I, think, I like to say me and Ryan O got our own special you know, uh, relationship. He always can look at me and, and we'll, we'll lock eyes and we'll start laughing about something that we talked about later on, or excuse right. me, uh, earlier in that day. Uh, so it's, we, we got a nice little special relationship. So he don't, he don't really bother me too much. Uh, but we, we always seem to catch each other's eye and start laughing about yeah. something laughing that about happened. Something. <laughs> <laughs> I can, so when I'm at practice, I don't get there very often, but when I'm there, I always have to, uh, I always cringe at usually the things Coach Wells is saying, uh, and and I gotta, I wonder how how hard is it to keep a straight face sometimes because he says some things that I'm going, oh my goodness, wow, glad I didn't bring well, my kids to practice. <laughs> you know, um, for me, it's nothing new. Yeah, uh, I had the liberty of playing at Western Kentucky while he was there as the offensive line coach, and uh, trust me, some of the. He's 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 calmed down a little bit, actually. <laughs> so let's just leave it at that, man. I love yeah. him to death. I love him to death. But yeah, he's he's calmed down a little bit. So he don't really bother me that much now. Now it's yeah. kind of like uh water on a duck uh, on a duck's back, you know. Yeah. You know, rolls off. <laughs> I've always appreciated he is who he is. He doesn't pretend to be anybody he's not. Oh, so no. that's always nice. <laughs> oh no, I always tell people when they ask me, you know, they ask me about him. 
what do you think about Coach Wells? I said, hey, it's, it's, it's only two people in this world. The people that like Coach Wells and the people who don't like Coach <laughs> Wells. There's no in between. <laughs> so <laughs> which of your corners? He's going to keep it straight for you. So, you know, I mean, you can make that decision however, however you please. Which of your cornerbacks don't like him? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Rhino don't like him. it's gonna be a tough tough workout tomorrow um (laughs) listen we uh we me and ryan were talking before the show just about the turnover at cornerback really defensive back as a whole uh Mm -hmm. but you've had a lot of turnover at cornerback over the last couple of years especially and you've had some some real bright spots that have come through um and this year you've got some guys that have been around Deontay uh Bembry's been around a little bit but you also got some new blood uh with some high expectations coming in too um so talk about that transitioning though of of that constant uh revolving door of cornerbacks that you've worked with over the last couple years well uh, you know it's it's kind of it's it's it can be difficult um just trying to always uh you you got to replace some some guys that's been there uh, some guys that made plays for you. Um, but I think we've done a good job of finding, uh, uh, having a mold and, 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 and being able to replace guys with uh, some guys who maybe have not had the, the same amount of uh, reps, but maybe have the same upside as the guy that left. Or, uh, for instance, bringing in Frankie, who is a guy who played in a, played a whole bunch at a, at one school, you know, he's he's coming in with a lot of experience. So I think we've kind of done a, a really good job of trying to keep the same mold uh, throughout the years. What is that mold? Is it athleticism? Is it uh, cover ability, man ability, zone ability? Like what what's what would you say it's that mold big, is? It's a whole big pot. We okay. talking about cornerbacks. <laughs> you know, I, you know, one thing that we talk about constantly though is as far as recruiting is finding the right guy the right fit, no matter what position it is. Um, and the number one thing that we talk about is the guys um, that we want to be around our program. They got to love football. You know, it's not, it's, it's one thing to like it because, you know, when you just like something, when it gets hard and it gets difficult, at times it is, it's easier to step away from it. But when you love something, you're going to give it, you know, your all, you're going to be, you're going to be in it to win it no matter what the situation is. And so that's one of the major factors that we look for. And, um, and when we recruit guys, whether it's DB, O-line, D-line, kickers, you know, uh, long snappers, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. If you, if you love the game, you've got one up on the rest of the guys um, that we're recruiting. When uh, I asked Coach Dietzel this about the safeties, um, how's leadership going from the players' perspective? You got guys that are stepping up and, and leading the room. Um, yes, I think uh, we talk about Bembry. You mentioned Bembry. I think he has done a phenomenal job uh, this offseason, starting off in the spring um, with kind of taking on that leadership role. Uh, obviously, understanding that we've got let's see, one, two, three new guys um, all of a sudden at once in that room. Um, who hadn't been around our program, hadn't been around uh, uh, the, the the things that we do. Uh, and so I think he's done a really good job of taking on that role, um, being that bridge between uh, us as coaches uh, to, to, those, to those new guys and then the younger guys as well. I hear him often on the sideline uh, just kind of walking players through plays, uh, talking about different things that they see 
uh, whether it's, you know, 707 uh, or team team periods, you know. So um, I think we've developed uh, a really good, you know, foundation as far as with him uh, pouring into the younger guys. And then, like I mentioned, Frankie, man, I'm, Frankie is – uh, it was a real blessing to get for that room. And talking about a guy who has uh, had a ton of plays uh, at his previous school, um, a hard, humble kid, a hardworking kid who's humble, um, and he has just that, that the right mindset that you look for in a guy. He, he's not going to say a whole bunch, um, but he's going to put his head down and, and he's going to work. And then he had he he has that. Um, that that factor in them where you know he he may not say a whole bunch but you kind of see that's the standard in which you want to work to, um, so I think those two guys being seniors and uh, are, have done a, a tremendous job uh, so far in the offseason as far as leadership goes. Rhino, what you got? So, Coach Frank, being on the team for four years now, uh, you got one of the craziest rooms <laughs> just with people. How do you how do you control them on the field and in the like film room? Well, you gotta kind of let them be themselves uh, to a certain extent. Um, and I've had, you know, in that room, I, I you know, I've coached corners and safeties, DBs, period, all my all my life. This is going to my 14th year coaching, um, and me playing that position, I understand that it comes with some baggage. <laughs> he going to get a lot of personality in that group. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I always often, I, I find it, you know, better for them to be able to, you know, express themselves, whether it's an aggressive guy, uh, whether it's a guy who's really outspoken um, or just a clown, um, you gotta, ha you gotta let them, you know, express themselves, but also they got to understand that when they hear my voice, all right, maybe it's time to bring it in, bring reel it in. You know what I'm saying? You know, we talk about, you know, stuff that happens out in practice everywhere in America. Guys getting to getting into getting into it with their teammates. All right. You know, we, we don't really have a big issue with that. We don't have a big problem with that. And we'll and for the most part we'll let you get your little scuffle in and say, hey, ring it back in. But sometimes those, you know, some guys want to take it to the next level. And if I can't, if you if I if I say something to you and you can't process it. Hey, Coach Frank is in my corner. He's usually always gonna let me do my thing. And obviously if he if I'm if he's speaking to me, then I've obviously obviously overstepped my boundary and now I need to reel it in. So that's it, man. I just try to develop that relationship with them and, and let them, you know, be able to uh to to express them, themselves as well. You talk about uh, you know, Frankie, of course, coming in, he's got that, the background, right? He's got the expectation on him because of what he's done in the past. Uh, what other guys are kind of stepping up to that role? Are, are, do you feel like, you don't have to tell us who it is, but do you feel like that rotation, uh, the playing time is kind of working itself out now, or is it still a pretty tight battle trying to figure out what's going to go on once the season starts? You know, I'm I'm really excited about this upcoming season and this group that I've got. You know, we've got every body in that I've got eight eight corners on scholarship right now and from the bottom to the top everybody has the potential to be a game changer now will they be that this season don't know uh I know for sure that the top two uh, and the guys that that you know 
into this into the spring as starters um are guys who we feel like are going to be you know our guys going into our, the first game of the season but there's a ton of potential in that room um i'm super excited especially for those uh like i said those those new three guys that we got uh frankie uh uh tony davis um and and then our and then uh our, our kid from wingate man he he the all three all three of those guys coming in i think they're going to really add a lot of value and i tell you um i tell you what we we we're, we're going to we're going to make some noise i'm going to i'm going to throw it out there we're going to make some noise this season with that group um i'm i'm excited man we're our young guys McGlore, i mean McGlore, that kid he's really shown a lot shown a lot of maturity um growing you know from coming in as a true freshman Mm-hmm. And this, and just one spring, just showing his potential and what he can do. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, and Jordan Thomas is the kid that I was talking about. Uh, obviously, yeah. transfer from uh, from Wingate, man. Yeah. That kid there, he has all the potential to be one of those one, one of those special ones. I always get on him about his body control because uh, he's so <laughs> he's so gifted, but he's so goofy. And and Rhino can attest to it. I'm always on his behind about, hey man, just could you just slow down? <laughs> and, Jackrabbit. Huh? That's our little jackrabbit. Yeah, man. <laughs> He's gonna be good though. Jordan Jordan's gonna be all right. Now you look at size uh in that room. You got Tony Davis, you talked about he's six two. Uh he's got good size. I think he's listed at 195. I don't know what he is right now, but uh everybody else i think is under six foot uh right well, now how, how big a deal is that um i don't think it's a, i don't think it's a huge deal we've got we actually got some decent size in there uh tony's six tony's above six foot mcglore is above six foot longmire is above six foot oh yeah um i think jordan is right at six foot um so those guys, we we have we have a bit of variety as far as size goes. Uh, yeah. I think the smallest would be uh, Bembry or uh, Trey Gooden, but I mean even those guys have done some things um, this offseason in the weight room wise, uh, as far as getting stronger, um, yeah. which is going to help them uh, out there and play you know play bigger than what they are, what their stature is. I think I asked you this last year, but I could be wrong. I may have asked somebody else. Um, when you got those guys, that that size difference, you got the smaller guys and the bigger guys and things like that. Last year, you had Ballantyne, who had a lot of height to him oh, yeah. and length and stuff like that, too. So um, <laughs> you, how, how do you put that into your plan? Do you match up with a person that way, or do you prefer side to side, You know, always on the left side, always on the right side, always in the slot, whatever it may be? Well, uh, sometimes we have to. You know, depending on the type of receiver that we're going to get, you know, these first two games we're probably going to get some some bigger guys, um, and we, we we may have to go with a bigger lineup. Um, not to say that the other guys won't play, uh, but it just all depends on how everything works out. But I've got all the confidence confidence in the world and and all of my guys, whether it's uh, Bembry going out there at five nine or Davis uh, at six at, at six one six two. I mean, I think they can get the job done no matter what. They just got to play with the correct technique and what we always talk about, uh, and, and 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 play smart and play fast. Last thing I got for you, and I'll give Rhino a chance if he wants more. But uh, you guys got Cincinnati and Kentucky to start off the season. Uh, so the speed and the size is a little different than what you'll see the rest of the season. You'll see similar. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's obviously going to be a little different those first two games. 
how do you prepare uh, your guys for what they're going to see in those first two weeks? You know, I try to, I try to, that's, that's one thing that, you know, obviously you can't get around. Um, it is what it is. Those guys are playing in the SEC and uh, bigger conference than us for a reason. Yeah. But at the same time, we're not going to fear no man. You know what I'm saying? And and, and so they got to lace their cleats up just like we got to lace our cleats up. And I don't want to put the I don't want to put too much emphasis on, hey, this is this guy. He's oh, he's too fast for us. or he's too big for it. you. Know what I'm saying? I don't right. I don't want, I don't want to approach it like that. Obviously, we'll give him the information like, hey, you know, here, be aware that he does have some good top end speed. Be aware that this guy is a big body guy who knows how to use his body. And here's the things that you can do to combat that. Uh, whether it's, you know, playing, trying to play off uh, versus speed or, you know, just being smart uh, at the line of scrimmage when we're pressed. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to make a, too big of a deal uh, for my guys about that because the one thing I've learned is that, you know, sometimes if you can if you make it too much of a big deal, then that's the only thing on their mind. And then right. they get out and they're playing scared, you know, and that's one thing that you can't do at corner because uh, you're out there by yourself a lot of the times and yeah. you got to have all the confidence in the world to go out there and make a play and be able to get beat and line up and make, make, a make a play the yeah. next. Play. So well, I know and Ryan, you know, you talked about a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that opportunity to be seen. Uh, they're going to have the players are going to have an opportunity to be seen by guys that may not see them otherwise. And uh, I would assume like Ryan, most of those guys are up for that challenge and understand, Hey, this is an opportunity, not, not as much as a, a hardship. It's actually an opportunity for me to go out and show what I got. Correct. Correct. I love it. You got anything else, Rhino? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Yeah. All right, Coach, we got another guest waiting, so we're going to let you go, but we sure appreciate you taking some time for us and excited to see what your group does uh, this year. Congrats as well on the extra uh, um, uh, job, I guess, of co-special teams coordinator. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, so you got plenty going on, uh, but, man, we really do appreciate your time today. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. All right, we'll All see. Right. Thanks, Coach. Chris Franklin, DB coach, co-special teams coordinator as well. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we've got defensive back Mike Smith will be joining us. Let's hear from IPM Pest and Termite. With over 20 years of experience, Matt Schaefer and the good folks at locally owned IPM Pest and Termite provides pest control service for all of Central Kentucky's pest control needs. Whether you have a current pest control problem or want to prevent infestation from ever entering your home, IPM Pest and Termite offers maintenance programs that will help keep pests out of your home and provide peace of mind. So for dependable, reliable services that you can count on, get in touch with our good friend Matt Schaefer at IPM Pest and Termite today at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. All right, welcome back into the Sports Stove Local Hour presented by Mad Mushroom Pizza. We are now joined by second year at EKU, defensive back Mike Smith Jr. Mike, how you doing? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, how's uh, year two so far? Uh, year two going pretty smooth. Um, you know, uh, we just in the off season right now, getting ready for this bit season coming up. So we just trying to do all the little things, right, and, tra- and train hard. You know, getting ready for this upcoming season. Yeah, last year you played in ten games, started five games. I know there's opportunity uh, uh, abounding this year. Thirty-one tackles, one interception, two tackles for losses. Uh, but I want to ask you a question. I don't think I've asked anybody but Parker, um, and it's just kind of a random question. Uh, why twenty-four? Uh, what's the? Is there a story behind your number? Uh, does it mean anything special, or is it just a number you ended up with? Uh, 
I mean, I can I can tell a story, but you know, it's not it's not gonna be truthful. So I'm just gonna say it was a number that I kind of like that I kind of got stuck with because when I first came in, at first they gave me number 32 when I first transferred in, like spring ball, and I was just like. I just kind of agree with 32. I'm like, man, can I get into another like number like closer, you know, like any like any number closer? And then Tom just came to me last year, fall camp, like right before the season started. It was like I uh Mike, I had put you on 24. So I just um I just I just I just rock with it. But you know, I'm pretty cool with the number, you know, Kobe with the number, like a lot of a lot of great players and you know in the football world what like what a number. So I'm just trying to, you know, carry on the legacy of the number. Ryan, I never asked you, you got a reason for your number? Nah, they just gave me 97. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, in our basketball program, we've always just handed out numbers. We're buying new jerseys this year, so everybody actually gets to pick their number. We got some kids that are pretty stoked about that. Uh, but uh, but I was just curious about that, Mike. I didn't know didn't know what it meant. Um now I'm I meant to ask Ryan this before we came on air, so I didn't sound ignorant, but I'm just gonna ask you. Uh when you came out of App State, I know the the EKU staff was really excited about your special teams ability, what you'd shown on special teams uh, and and everything there. Um, I, I don't pay much attention to who's out there on special teams, honestly, when I'm watching games. Uh, how much have, have you played special teams here at EKU, and is that something you like doing? Uh, I have no problem with special teams because, you know, at the next level, like coaches like uh, multi-players, like, multi so like basically like players that can play defense, like players position and can play special teams. So – and most guys, when they start off, especially coming from the FCS level, um, we start off kind of on special teams, you know, like to get our rank up, and then we then we like become a role player. But at EKU, um, I say like towards the beginning of the season, I was kind of I was like really starting on kickoff, and uh, I started off on kickoff a few games, but then like as the season progressed, and then players start getting injured, and then as I as I got my role of starting, like you said, like the last five games of the season, um. I kind of I kind of slow down on special teams on 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 kickoff just to like limit my energy and stuff like that you know because yeah. running down kickoff could be kind of a hassle and then and then lining up for the for the next play is kind of you know be breathing kind of heavy so yeah. you know uh, special teams is definitely a good a good a good a good play a good role yeah. Uh, yeah tell me about your room we talked with Coach Dietzel earlier tonight uh, you know we talked about Nick KJ and uh, Tyreek a little bit. Uh, how you like it? It's you know, it's I mean, at least Nick and KJ are back again, so you know them from last year, uh, and you got you know some new faces back there too. How do you think the the room as a whole is for the safeties? Oh, I ain't gonna lie, our room is like very like tight bonded and like we're knitted pretty tight and we're close and we treat each other like brothers. You know, we help we help we hold each other accountable for different stuff. So we definitely had that chemistry going on. Like at practice, Coach Deez made sure he kind of like switch up the combos with us so we can so we can have that that good relationship with each other on the field so when it comes to the game you know you never know what's gonna happen somebody might get hurt and then you know i might be at free and nick as strong or if something happens to nick then kj has to go in so we always need to have the same type of chemistry going in so so yeah so of course these make sure we uh do a pretty good job of keeping everything together what you got rhino uh mike you come from florida right yeah from florida Florida Jet, and you go to App State, which is in Boone, North Carolina. Yeah. What is there to do in Boone, North Carolina? Uh, it's actually nothing to do out there, man. It's just cold. Uh, I can't say it's a lot of good scenery, though, like mountains and, like, you know, in the clouds. And then, like, especially when it snows and stuff, all of uh, be white. And they have, like, overlooks and stuff that you can go see. So 
it was definitely like a like a big transition for me, but I kind of got used to it at the time. <laughs> now I know that baseball field at App State gets a lot of love because the view from that baseball field is crazy nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, App State, you know, you came in, you would have been several years after the big Michigan upset. Um, were they still talking about that when you were there? Uh, kind of like, I know we had my sophomore year, we played Miami, so they kind of run it up, you know, just to give us a little confidence, just let us know that we can do it. And it's like, it's literally nothing but football. So, yeah. Uh, kind of not really though. You know, they got pictures everywhere, like around, around facilities and stuff, but you know, sure. Yeah. So now you guys are playing Cincinnati, which is now in the Big 12, Kentucky, right. which is in the SEC. Um, while you're at App State, you played Miami. Last year, you guys played those FBS opponents, but they weren't quite what yeah. you're facing this year. Um, what does your experience and your time at App State give you coming into these games as far as understanding at the end of the day, it is just another football game? Well, um, at App State, I, I can be honest. I played more my freshman year than I did my sophomore year. It was like when mm. the big why I even hit the transfer portal in the first place due to a coaching change. But um, definitely, like, most definitely, like, the game speed, like, in the FBS level, you know, um, really, I can say, like, the real big difference is, like, the trenches. Like, the guys seem a little bigger. And the game speed is a little faster in the FBS level. But I definitely got prepared, like, through App State, you know, for the most of the part, like, Plan, plan different FBS in the Sun Belt in the Sun Belt Conference, you know, different different competition. So I wouldn't say it's too much of a jump off, but it's a it's definitely like a little bit faster in in uh in the FBS level, but nothing too crazy. Uh, how has uh your role changed this year, especially with uh Joseph graduating out? Um just in the locker room, how has your role changed? Uh I kind of I'm kind of, like, have to take on, like, the leadership role now, like, you know, like, because Joseph was, like, a, a big leader. You know, he been at EKU for a little minute, like, way before I got here. So I kind of just, like, like, tell behind him and, like, seeing, like, what he did and different stuff like that. And, like, he kind of, like, helped me along the way because my first year playing safety was last year when I transferred to EKU. So he kind of just told me, like, the in and outs. And I kind of watched, like, how, how he carry himself and how, and how the position group need to be held. So... This year, definitely, like, it's definitely some shoes to fill, and I've just been kind of trying to take that, that that leadership role along a bit slowly, slowly, but surely. Now, that transition to safety from cornerback, correct? Yes, sir. All right, so that transition, how different is it playing safety from playing cornerback? Um, the, the, the biggest difference is I feel like I had to get a little smarter on the football field because when I was at cornerback, the safety usually gives me the call, but now I was at, I'm actually the guy that's, like, kind of running the show back there. So – um really just had to like get get more comfortable with formations and football so that that kind of helped me out a lot and then coach Deets, you know he breaks stuff down really well for me to understand it so it was it was it was it was actually like a pretty good a, a pretty smooth transition what i took from that was mike thinks safeties are smarter than cornerbacks i don't know did you get that too uh, ryan i'm not sure <laughs> I mean, uh, I can't really say because you got some cornerbacks, like some guys on our team, shoot, they be, they be telling me to call before I even call it out. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all a team effort. Yeah, it's all a team effort. That's right. We got to we gotta be nice about all this. Um, uh, Ryan, anything else for Mike? Uh, I got one more. Uh, yeah, go for it. Being a teammate for a year, we got to know each other a lot. Yeah. 
I've seen you make some really, really good plays, and especially in games and practice, especially. How do, how do you continue to build confidence, not only in, like, your ability to play, especially since you're moving from corner to safety, but, like, building a, uh, confidence in open field tackling? Because, like, as a D-lineman, I don't have to open field tackle as much as you do, obviously. Right. So how do you build confidence in open field tackling? Open field tackling? Open field tackling can be tricky, but what I really had to put in my head was I'm kind of like a long, lengthy player, so it's not, like, too much a player can do. And, like, plus with my speed, you kind of just got to take your shot, like, right then and there and then. But you got to always understand, like, you only one person and it's 10 other people on the field with you swarming to go to go hit this ball carrier. So you really just got to take your shot, and most of the time you're going to get it. You just got to keep practicing. You know, I remember during the season last year, we had a lot of open field tackle drills. And, you know, like we do we do tackling circuit and practice and different stuff, like teaching us how to stay on that near hip and all that. So all that, just, you know, taking that to – adding that to my toolbox and then just going out there executing, to be honest. What gives you more uh, joy or excitement, I guess? I'm going to give you three options. One is an interception. Yeah. Two is blowing up a running back coming through coming through a hole. And three is safety blitz getting to the quarterback, uh, sacking the quarterback. Which one of those three would, would give you the most joy? Most definitely interception without no doubt. Yeah. Without <laughs> no doubt. It's, all, it's always good to have the ball in your hand. Like, it's, it's always good. And then, you know – Make the quarterback feel like feel a certain type of way, then that kind of changed the game because the quarterback he might come out there acting more nervous now, scared to throw the ball different places in there. He might throw check downs more. He might not even go deep no more. So it's always good to get the ball back to the offense so we can put points on the board. Uh, if you get an interception, uh, which defensive lineman do you have to direct to block for you uh, out of, out of the group? Uh, I ain't gonna lie, you would be surprised, but Rhino, Rhino. Rhino be quick, like Rhino be on it, like Rhino get excited about stuff like that a lot. So when somebody catch a pit, I I down I down there might toss toss the ball to Rhino. So he just... <laughs> now we know that's not true. Hey, uh, there ain't a DB in the world who's gonna give up the ball if they get a pick. We know we know that for sure. <laughs> it's the other way around. When I was a kid, which was long before you were even born, uh, but when I was a kid, uh, I remember to this day Reggie White. It was a fumble, but he picked up a fumble. And what did he do? He pitched it back to Leroy Butler. He took off for the touchdown, invented the Lambeau leap. It was a wonderful memory in my childhood. Uh, but Reggie White was smart enough to know, I'm not faster than Leroy Butler. I'm getting it to him. And now I don't know, Rhino, I don't know if you guys are humble enough to pitch the ball. but uh, I am not pitching that ball until I <laughs> <laughs> Rhino's saying, Mike, come block for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely Mike, block. Fast. Mike, Mike fast, and that's a head hunting kid right there. He'll probably be right next to me, honestly. We'll okay. probably be two steps into the end zone together. <laughs> Mike, last question I got for you is um, if you could ask Coach to give you one opportunity somewhere other than safety, so wide receiver, returning kicks, anything like that, what would be the one thing that you would be like, man, if I ever had the opportunity – this is what I'd want to do. Not full-time necessarily, but get just get that opportunity. I ain't going to lie. I want to play quarterback for one drive. Okay. <laughs> How's the arm? I just want to see how hard it is. Like I, I, like, I know it's hard, you know, making the right reads and stuff like that, but I just want to see, like, what it feels like controlling everybody, like, on the offense at one time and then, like, trying to, like – because I come from defense, so, like, they're trying to, like, to pick a defense, like, okay, they had this coverage, so let me – let me change his route to this and try to throw this type ball, you know. So I'll say quarterback for sure. 
Okay. So now are you a drop back passer? Are you an RPO guy? Uh, what, what are you looking for? I'm like, I feel like I'm like Lamar Jackson back there. So at the pocket, okay. slide, you know? Yeah. Well, well maybe. Huh? Are you lefty? Are you right or left handed? I'm left handed. Yeah, so he'd be throwing it from the left, too. There you go. There it is. Lamar Jackson. It's coming later this season. Trick play. Yeah. Mike yeah. Smith comes in, uh, plays some quarterback. I'll I'll drop it in uh, Coach's ear next time I talk to him. Uh, yeah. And I'll slip him a 20 and say, hey, give me Mike Smith at quarterback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think a 20 would do it, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, Mike, we're glad to have you back. We're excited for the opportunity ahead for you this year and to see the, the growth and improvement as well, not just with you, but the entire defensive backs. Uh, I know it's a, it is a very talented group, uh, but it's new playing with a lot of these guys as well. So I'm excited to see you guys out there. Coach Deeds talked about the importance of communication, and you guys are doing a big part of that as well. So we're excited to see how that goes this year as well. Uh, Mike, man, we appreciate you taking some time for us tonight. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one. That's Mike Smith. He is a safety for EKU football. All right, one more break. Uh, We ran a little over tonight, which is okay for me. I don't know if it's okay for everybody else, but it's okay for me. Anyways, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, we'll close down uh, the episode. Here's a word from All Around Roofing. Does the exterior of your home need a facelift? All Around Roofing has you covered. All Around Roofing is a locally owned company servicing Madison County and all of Central Kentucky. From roof repairs and replacements to gutters, siding, windows, soffits, chimney flashings, and more. All Around Roofing provides quality work and friendly service that will leave your house looking great. Call today, 859-489-5179 to get a free quote. That's 859-489-5179. We can handle your all-around exterior needs at All Around Roofing. Welcome back into the program uh, presented by Man Mushroom Pizza. And we also appreciate the support of IPM Pest and Termite and All Around Roofing as well. Of course, a lot of storm damage down in Richmond right now, still from the, the last hailstorm. Uh, give All Around Roofing a call. They'll be a great help to you. Uh, again, locally owned, locally operated. Uh, it's a husband and wife and and another lady as well that run, run it. Uh, great people. So uh, you won't regret giving them a call if you have any needs there. If you have bugs, you got to call IPM Pest and Termite. I, what a great sponsor for defensive backs. Pests. Uh, they, they should be pest, pesty, pesky. Uh, and so that's a good sponsor there. And then, of course, Mad Mushroom, if you're hungry, man, you got to get some pizza. They got hoagies. Um, I always, I didn't actually know they had hoagies. And I was doing a live show and had Parker and Coach uh, Wells in the restaurant. And they both ordered hoagies. And I was like, what? Why are you getting a hoagie, a sandwich? It's a pizza place, man. Pizza uh, but hey, they, they said they were good. So I good good for you. I just would prefer pizza and cheese sticks personally uh, right. from that. Uh, Ryan, anything surprise you from the conversations we had tonight? I doubt it. Uh, no, because I, I, I know all those guys pretty well. Those are yeah. all good. Me and Mike have been playing together since last year, and our chemistry has gotten even closer. Like you heard with C. Frank, me and him have our – relationship every now and then and coach Dietz was just a great guy these these were all great ads to great our stuff man uh next week the plan is pass catchers or wide receivers and tight ends uh so we uh as long as everything works out schedule wise we'll have on uh wide receiver coach uh caleb cox and then uh tight end coach cj conrad and we'll have at least one player if not two on next week as well uh, and then after that, we'll get into, uh, you know, the D line and the O line and things like that as well. So 
if you like the episode today, I, I would appreciate it if you'd share it, let some people know about it uh, as well. If you're listening to us on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and so you don't miss out on any content. Uh, we've got shows on Sunday night, which is a fantasy baseball show. On Wednesday night, my dad joins me, and we just talk all things sports. We're actually doing college football previews. So we did Big 12 and the ACC the last two weeks. We're doing the Pac-12. Uh, as long as it still exists by next week, we'll do the we'll do the Pac-12 next week. And then we'll do the uh, Big 10 and the SEC as well. And then on Thursday nights, uh, at least through the rest of the summer, We'll continue to bring you the live uh, Sports Stoke local hour with Ryan Jackson uh, here along as well. Uh, follow the show at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on threads. There's not a whole lot of people there, but we're there. So if you want to follow us there, you can do that too. Uh, and then, of course, here at, on YouTube. Uh, Ryan, if people want to follow your uh, social media influence, uh, where can they find you at? Ooh, I got to <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh... I know Instagram is Ryan.Jackson72 and Twitter is RhinoJack9956. You know, I told um, uh, Rickson and KB, like, uh, you need to tell these athletes to to make their their names make sense on social media. Because you got some of these guys, yours is simple enough and close yeah. enough, but you got guys that have nothing to do with their names whatsoever. And I'm like, come on, you can't find these people. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. Uh, you can find Ryan on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, the season's fast approaching. Uh, I know August really picks up your guys' practice and um, hopefully this humidity dies down a little bit. My goodness, it's it's thick out there right now. <laughs> Those practices lately. <laughs> how do you how do you maintain weight uh, in the summer? Uh, our coaches do a great job of making sure we hydrate and eat all the time. They give us plenty of time to go get food, eat, hydrate, and continue that cycle throughout to make sure you stay healthy. Well, that's good. Uh, all right. Very good. Uh, we're going to see you guys next week. Again, we're talking pass catchers next week, so make sure you tune in. If you missed last week's episode, uh, we talked quarterbacks and running backs, and so you can go back and listen to that on uh, the Sports Stove YouTube or the Sports Stove podcast, uh, anywhere you get podcasts as well. And then a few weeks back, Ryan uh, came on, and we talked the uh, football schedule. So if you missed that, make sure you go back and listen to that as well. We sure appreciate you tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Local Hour, and hopefully we'll see you again very soon. Until then, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.